Welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you in your journey of faith. Enjoy the message. Hello, Ocean Church. I am so glad to be with you today. And I look and I, I see um, freedom. I, I see freedom in you. Uh, freedom to wear a mask if you feel necessary. Freedom not to wear a mask. Uh, but freedom to be present and to worship God. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful for that and for what I see. I also wanna say to you and to the elders and the staff, uh, you know, you may be wondering, if you, especially if you're new here, you might've been here the last few weeks and you go, uh, do they have a senior pastor? I mean, senior, the lead pastor, where, where is he? Uh, we believe in sabbatical. And I want to just affirm the elders and the staff uh, as what they, what they have done. Sabbatical is a, uh, it's a biblical process that is, it, it's an extension of rest. It's not a vacation. It's, it's not a, uh, an active, it's not a time to go preach for your friends. It's a time to completely withdraw. And as you withdraw, you align yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually, with the things that God is doing. And as you do that, there's a new vision, a new energy, a new excitement. Always, when we have members of our team that are on sabbatical, they come back refreshed. And sometimes people in our congregation say, well, gee, I wish we could do that. You, you can, you can. We, we believe that we're trying to set a precedent, a, a, an example to follow, and um, if the only time you vacation is an active vacation, how many of you have been on vacation and you had to come back from your vacation to rest? <clears throat> you need a sabbatical. You need a few days away, uh, alone with God and, your, and, and the Word and just renewing and refreshing. I had a pastor friend say one time, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is get a good night's sleep. It's, it, it's the physical rest that takes place. And so, um, but 10 years into Gateway Church, uh, Pastor Robert, we, we, he had an extended uh, sabbatical, three months. And um, so we had new people coming and we had, uh, the pulpit was well cared for as yours has been. I just think the, I've watched the, the messages from Pastor Josh and Pastor Phil uh, these last few weeks have been phenomenal. And uh, people would say, well, uh, you know, if, if it's this good and this isn't even the senior leader, I wonder what it's gonna be like when he comes back. <clears throat> the church grew, the finances remained strong. And so one of our elders the night before Pastor Robert came back, called him and said, well, I got good news and bad news. And uh, said, okay, what's the, uh, what's the good news? And he said, well, the good news is uh, the, the offerings are up. Uh, attendance is up, and he goes, well, what's the bad news? And they said, well, the bad news is if you come back and mess it up, we're putting you back on sabbatical. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you in this process, when you think of Pastor Ed and Pastor Christie, pray for them. Pray that God's work would be fully done, and, uh, and then consider for yourself a time where you might have a sabbatical as well. I want to uh, join in to what has been this series uh, called Pray First. And as I was thinking about the message, how do, how, do we, how do I lead into this message and add to what has already been shared with you, uh, I thought of this, uh, this thing, why, why do I pray? 
I mean, I know the passage has been Matthew chapter six, the Lord's Prayer, and maybe all of us in the room tonight could, could recite the Lord's Prayer, but uh, why do I pray? Why do you pray? And I, I give you these thoughts. I, I pray to ask for God's miraculous work. I ask him to do things that are beyond my own abilities to make happen. I, I pray to understand God's direction and to align my will with his plans and purposes uh, for my life. And I pray to, uh, for discernment in ministry situations, things that I don't understand, uh, situations I'm encountering that I don't get. I, I pray for God's wisdom and, and discernment. And like you, uh, things don't happen the way I expect. That God is not on my, uh, you know, I, I don't jerk his chain and he respond to the, the request that I make. I'm trying to align with him, not align him with me as, as a matter of prayer. So I thought of a couple of things just to, you know, along these lines. James chapter four uh, and verse three says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your, own, uh, on your own passions. It's true, isn't it? We selfishly pray and ask God to answer the things that we want in the way that we want, and then we don't get the answers we want, and we get frustrated. Or, I love this passage in Matthew 8 when the centurion soldier comes to Jesus and asks him to heal one of his servants, and Jesus prepares himself to go with him, and the centurion says, no, 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 you don't need to come. I'm a man under authority, and I tell a, a soldier to go, and he goes, and I tell a soldier to come, and he comes. Matthew 8, and verse, uh, beginning in verse 5, but I read in verse 9, for I too am a man under authority, he said, with soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and another, come, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he said, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. The, the issue in prayer is an issue of authority. It's, it's, and this is the whole subject uh, that I wanna, wanna talk to you about tonight. One more example here, James 5 and verse 16. We're familiar with this when we say, well, if we confess our faults to one another, our sins to one another, and pray for one another, we'll be healed. And the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But do we really connect it with the fact that Elijah, it says, was a man just like we, a man, a woman, just like us, with frailties, with questions. But he prayed with heaven's authority and it didn't rain. Authority is the issue. And, and so I've titled this message, One Thing. If I had one thing that I was gonna say about prayer or about uh, God's work in my life over these, all of these years, uh, I would say uh, that the way, uh, my understanding of authority and the way I respond to authority is the critical characteristic for, God's, for releasing God's work in my life. I can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, and if, if uh, I'm resistant to authority, 
if I'm rebellious or independent, no prayer is going to matter. So, um, prayer is not a religious duty. It's a relational expression. Uh, accountability and submission are relational concepts that have been defined in our lifetime as negative, as restrictive, controlling, it's the, as the enemy of freedom. So let me ask some questions just to, to stimulate your thinking. Would God define freedom as being individually independent from accountability and oversight? No. The answer is no, he would not. Freedom can only be experienced as God intended in the context of relational accountability and oversight. Each of us are accountable to God whether we acknowledge it uh, or, or not here on earth. We will in heaven whether we do on earth or not. First Peter uh, 5 says it this way, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you with humility toward one another, for God opposes the, the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at proper time, casting all your cares upon him. Philippians 2 and verse 10 says, and so, uh, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So here's just three things that I want to share with you about prayer and authority. First, uh, uh, accountability. If, if you're a person under authority, then you are a person that is accountable and Accountability and authority are for our protection. Foolishness is a, a part of our sin nature. I don't know if you, if every parent would understand this, children by nature are foolish. They do things they, without thought of the end result. And when you say, what were you thinking? They say, I don't know. How many of you as an adult, and you've done some thing and, and you went, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? It, foolishness, unfortunately, does not escape us the older we get. It's, it's fashioned, it's disciplined, it's trained out of us. That's why we as parents have to train our children in, in, against foolish behavior, against coming under authority. So Proverbs twenty two fifteen folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Consider these qualities that the Bible talks about as a fool. I'm not gonna give you the scriptural references, I'm just gonna give you the highlights. But a fool acts without counsel. A fool is indiscreet in his behavior. A fool is hot-tempered. A fool is ignorant. A fool is lazy. A fool is thick-headed, easily led astray. It re, he, a fool repeats his foolishness like a dog that returns to its vomit. Uh, a fool's ruin is his end result. And if, if he's capable of learning, it only comes through brutish or extremely difficult discipline. The fool persists in evil, lying, slandering, and enjoying mischief like sport. The fool refuses to obey God. 
A fool looks to others rather than to God for his, the direction of his life and purpose. And the fool openly declares, there is no God. Accountability and authority are God's protective agent in our life. Here's the second thing. All authority is delegated authority. God created the institutions that we know and he invested those institutions with authority. It's delegated authority. So quickly, the four institutions are the family, the church, government, and employers. We, we follow each one of these institutions. There's scriptural references all over the place that, that reply to these. And so the question that, that is begged in this, if all authority is God's and he delegates authority, then what does it mean to be under authority? Can a person be under authority and not be accountable for their actions and behavior or the fruitlessness or fruitfulness of their life? Can we say that we're under God's authority and that we are accountable to him, but live our lives as we please on earth, accountable to no one? You see, we live in a day, our, our society says, we, we need to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and the person that really makes it is accountable to nobody. They don't answer to anybody. They're, they're not responsible to anybody. I don't have a boss over me. No one tells me what to do. That's not God's plan. And, and if you want to be in God's stream of provision and protection, then you need to be under his authority. We, I used to teach my kids that God is the one who establishes all the authorities in our life. The, the governing authorities, the civil authorities, the, the teachers in your, in, in your life, uh, your boss when you get older. Uh, God put you in our family and put you under your mom's and my authority. You need to learn how to manage, how to respond to authority because when you leave our family, you're not gonna be independent. You're gonna be under God's authority and he is a loving father and will discipline you for every disobedience. So when I, when I say I want you to do something, I want you to do it. And I'm not gonna go one, two, three. I want you to do it quickly because I want you to learn there's a consequence to disobedience. God sets all authority in its place and he removes all authority. We're to work through all legitimate, natural, and spiritual means to influence and change authority for good. So if you're under a boss that is mean-spirited, that seems to be against you, that if, if you don't like something uh, in the sphere of authority that's impacting you, work through every means possible naturally. But be careful. Be careful because uh, we are to only resist authority when it is asking or demanding of us to do illegal, immoral, or unethical acts. Now, let me just say real quick, in my life, I found that I have this unbelievable ability to rationalize that what I want is right and everything that isn't what I want is either immoral, it's illegal, or it's unethical. And that gives me the right to resist. 
It gives me the right to disobey. It gives me the right to, to, uh, to resist. And I had one of these situations develop in my life and I was contemplating resisting the authority that was in my life because I thought I was right. And I was contemplating, let's see, how am I gonna do this? Am I gonna, gonna quit? No, I think I'm gonna build a team around me and I'm gonna uh, organize resistance. And as I'm contemplating this, God says to me, you're gonna let me correct you? And instantly I went into you know, religious mode. Lord, is that you? It is Tommy, thy, thy faithful servant. I mean, I, that was what my heart was saying in response to God. And he said, I, I said, Lord, if you want to correct me, you could correct me. And he said, no, I can't. I've been trying to correct you and you won't let me. Because if all authority is delegated authority, then God works through the delegated authority to correct issues in our life. It may not be fair. You may not understand. But you cannot resist and justify your resistance because you think it's illegal or immoral. I would say, and it's been my experience, well over 90% of every situation that I have thought I was legitimate, I could legitimately resist was just a matter of difference of opinion or something that I didn't really like or want to do. Our human nature has this ability to rationalize thoughts and reactions apart from God's values. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Endurance is being built into our life. Just because it doesn't meet your expectations doesn't mean it's not God. Just because you don't agree or you don't like it or isn't the way you would do it doesn't mean it's immoral, illegal, or unethical. Proverbs 3, 5, consider it in this context. Trust in the Lord with your whole heart and don't lean on your own understanding. It may not make logical sense to you. It may not seem right. I, we used to tell our kids, life is not fair. It's just not. God didn't intend it. He didn't make it to be fair. He is just and he will execute justice, but you don't get to determine what's fair. You get to live in faith, which is a trust in God. So I'm teaching this to my son, Tyler. He's our third child. As, as you know, we, my wife, uh, Jan, has mentioned, uh, Jan's with me, and our four kids, uh, 48 years married, and uh, 15 grandchildren. So Tyler, it was, he was, um, I think he was a junior in high school, and he was in a Christian school, and he, he was chafing at the rules in the Christian school. And he came home just every day, just mad about something. Mad, mad at the coaches, mad at the teachers, mad at the administration. And he would huff and puff around the house about being upset. And I said, Tyler, what's going on? And he explained to me why he disagreed with the rules that were in place and the, 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 the constrictive nature of what he was feeling. And I said, Tyler, I think you maybe have a problem with authority. 
And he goes, <laughs> first clue, anytime you blow off a, a, a response with the, <laughs> you, you may want to pay attention. They go, no. And I said, I'm just saying, God may be trying to get your attention. And if he's trying to get your attention, you better pay attention because it will only escalate. So a few days later, coming home from work, I'm pulling into my neighborhood, uh, the street across, I see his car, uh, two cars, his is the lead car and a police car. So I pull, pull in front of his car, get out and walk back. And as I walk back, he kind of just slinks in the driver's seat like this. And I, I bend over and I said, hey T, what's up? About that time, the officer comes and says, oh, you must be dad. And I said, yes, sir, I am. And apparently you have some work to do here. I'll uh, leave you to what, what's intended. And uh, I said, I'll see you at home, Tyler. <laughs> when he got home, we had a conversation about the fact that it just went to the next level, Tyler. You had an attitude against authority. Now you have an authority in action against that attitude. And so, all authority is delegated authority and God is the one who sets it in place. He can remove it. And so let me just encourage you for a minute, if you're in one of those moments, those testing moments, uh, pray. Pray. Nothing wrong with complaining about your situation, but don't take matters into your own hands. Know that God who set the, the person in place is working something in you or he's working something in that person in authority. And if as soon as that work is done, he'll either move you or he'll move that person. He has all authority and prayer when it's under authority changes things. So here's the last thing. Authority is to be honored and respected. You say, well, Tom, how do you do that? Well, with humility first. Pride and arrogance locks us into our own foolishness. The right response is without resistance, complaint and backbiting about what we've been asked to do. It's with a good attitude. A fool practices ungodliness and shows disrespect from a position of arrogance. You need a biblical example. You might remember the story of Nabal. He was a, a rich man whose sheep, he was shearing sheep and, and David had been uh, interacting with his, his herders and protecting them and he'd been, he'd been treating them well and he went to him, to Nabal simply asking if he could have some food for his, his men. Nabal, of course, responded uh, gruffly, uh, arrogantly, um, not respectfully in any way. And uh, 1 Samuel 25 it says this, his, Abigail was his wife and when she found out, she took action. And this is what she said, let not my Lord regard this worthless fellow Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. But I am your servant, but I your servant did not see the young men my Lord sent 
whom you sent. And then she unloaded the provision and in abundance that he had requested. So we respond to authority with humility. The second is with respect. As God's delegated agent, you may be familiar, Romans 13, 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority, no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. I can't get much plainer than that. We, we respect authority. Now, I will say this. When we honor uh, and give appreciation, there's two sort of ways to look at this. There's positional authority that deserves honor irrespective of the person. It's the position. Uh, you know, and I don't take, pick any position. As a pastor, whether you respect the pastor or not, there is a positional authority that comes as God has set that person in and you respect that position just because it's God's person. It's civil authority. It's mother and dad. They, they may have been wrong or done wrong things. They may have been imperfect, but the position is something that God established and you uh, honor and appreciate. Then there's a relational and experiential authority, and that, that is earned. You, you may not, that the relational and positional authority is, is in some ways stronger than positional authority. Nevertheless, even if there's not that present, you, you and I are to honor and appreciate the authorities that God has put into our life. And then the last is with dependence upon God. Now, you might remember this passage because we quote it a lot. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. But have you ever thought about the passages just before it? Listen to beginning in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray. Oh, we're talking about prayer now. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he searches hearts. He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. For we know that all those who love God, all things work together for good. Authority is the, the foundation on which all of our prayers lays. It's God's authority to change your circumstances, to do a miraculous work, to hear your, your prayer and see your need. It's God who has absolute authority and he can work it in miraculous ways, in natural ways. He can answer our prayers. The question is, are we under authority? And so I wanna ask just a couple of closing questions make a couple of statements, and then I'm done. Friendship, position, trust, they aren't trump cards to enable us to avoid accountability. Accountability is our friend, and it work is intended to be protective. Submission to authorities in our lives on earth is a reflection of our submission to God's authority in heaven. Emotions and attitude reflect an, an attitude of submission, and so is there an area of your life that you say, I'm not submitted? 
Is there an area of your life that you would say, no, I'm independent. I'm gonna do what I wanna do when I wanna do it. Would this be the night that you would say, you know, Lord, I'm wrong. Would you forgive me? I wanna align myself under your mantle, under your directive control. And as I do that, I ask you to answer my prayers. Lead me and show me what you want me to do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the power of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you do in our lives. Lord, you are present with us to show us what is needed. You, you interact with us with relational care and love. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, come. Come as we align ourselves under your authority and the authorities that you put in our life. Would you be miraculous? Would you express heaven through us and do things that we can't do ourselves? as we pray to you? In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged by the message today. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like, subscribe, or share it with someone. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.